0: your favorite place in the airspace for all things language communication and culture as always my name is Bree I'm your host and speaking of culture we are about a week away from a deeply cultural holiday season Bree are you saying Halloween is a deeply cultural celebration yes I am dear listener And I know depending on where you're from, that might sound strange. I'm from the United States. We're based in the United States, uh, in Michigan to be exact. But in the United States, this holiday that is coming up here in the next week called Halloween is very social it's a very social holiday you put on the mask you get the candy you go to the party or you did in years past <laughs> you go to the haunted house you do all the attractions all the fun things it's it's very much a a social event you know you maybe you participate in some creepy activities if you're somebody who likes scare and horror and things like that if you're not there's still so much to do we go to pumpkin patches we go on we go through corn mazes we go on hay rides there's all kinds of things that Americans love to do around Halloween. But Halloween is not the only um, Halloween-like holiday that is happening next week. And the American way that we celebrate Halloween even is not the only way that Halloween is celebrated. Uh, It's one of those universal almost holidays where even if it's not necessarily called Halloween or even if it's not necessarily celebrated on the same day sometimes not even the same time of year but there is a cultural equivalent to what we would identify as Halloween across so many different cultures and so today I was sitting and I was kind of curious about those different cultures because obviously and I started doing some research and there are some really interesting cultural traditions uh, related to the different we'll, we'll call them halloween category holidays so if you're somebody who likes to travel and you're somebody who's really into the the spooky the creepy the macabre buckle up and and listen in especially if you're somebody who is so sad you haven't been able to travel this year because on this episode of global views we're gonna celebrate halloween around the world so these are in no particular order uh, geographically, alphabetically, no particular order except for the order in which I found them on the internet. And they are from all different places on the internet. So if this is something that you're interested in and you want to look into more, let's jump in here. So our first stop is going to be in Austria. So in Austria, start out pretty pretty soft, pretty small. Uh, we leave out bread and water with a lantern. And so the idea behind this, uh, I bet you guys can guess it's pretty self-explanatory, but the idea behind this is that you're leaving out bread and water for the dead, um, for those who have passed on, and a lantern. Lanterns show up in actually a lot of countries around the world around Halloween. Um, A lot of the folklore around them is that, you know, they're uh, a light to guide a spirit, that is not rested and we will we will talk about lanterns more in other countries we will definitely see lanterns a lot and actually we'll see bread and water a lot in other countries which is interesting um but in austria that is one of the differences between austria halloween and u.s halloween is u.s halloween we are cognizant of the dead um i think we use death and the dead more as a as a a fright or a spook and around the world they very seriously are are participating in traditions, celebrations that focus on the literal actual dead, those that have actually passed on. I think in the U.S. it's a little bit more mystified. It's more of the undead. But no, the so Halloween is very actually seriously somewhat about the dead in Austria, which I think is very interesting. So the next place we are going to stop at is going to be the Czech Republic. Now the Czech Republic is similar to Austria in that they are acknowledging the actual dead. So what they do is they set out bonfires and bonfires also make appearances across the globe for Halloween. Um, In America, we do have a lot of bonfires on Halloween. I think that's more of a, a result of the parties that we have on Halloween as opposed to the actual significance of a bonfire on Halloween. But there is very much so significance for a bonfire on Halloween and we'll get into that too. But so it's customary in the Czech Republic to celebrate Halloween by lighting a bonfire and then inviting your friends and family over. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty familiar. Um, Except for this is not a discriminatory guest list in the Czech Republic. It is very inclusive because we don't just invite our alive friends and family. We invite those who are not so alive anymore, too. Those who have passed on. So it is customary to set extra chairs around the bonfire to invite the spirits of those who have passed on to sit. And join you. And we see this a lot, maybe not necessarily on Halloween, but I do see this a lot actually in American traditions that don't have to do with Halloweens. You see it a lot at weddings. If you know somebody has a, a family member who has passed on, who was, you know, wanted their, their presence would have meant something that day, you'll see an extra chair set out for them. And people do this for all different kinds of things, but it is a specifically Halloween tradition in the Czech Republic. Now, this next one is maybe one of my favorite ones. So we're headed to Germany. Now, Germany has All Saints Day, which is November 1st. So it doesn't seem like they really celebrate Halloween on the night of the 31st like we do in America. But they celebrate the All Saints Day on November 1st. And they have a pretty, you know... A pretty sentimental tradition much like the Czech Republic and the Austrians where they go and they'll actually spruce up the graves you know put down fresh flowers and things like that at the graves of their loved ones who have passed on uh, there is a lot of grave visiting in other countries on Halloween a lot of very earnest grave visiting uh, we also visit graves in America on Halloween but it is less to pay our respects to our dead loved ones and more so to uh, wait around and see if anything pops out and usually if you're at a grave on halloween in america you're um probably somewhere between the ages of 11 and 17 and your parents think you're somewhere else and you're doing something you're not supposed to be so it's not quite as charming it's not quite as endearing but germany you do go visit your loved one's graves now this is the part that i really like about germany so you go and visit the grave you put the flowers down then you come home and you hide your knives. So on November 1st in Germany, you hide your knives so that if there is an evil spirit that's coming out and hanging out on Halloween, uh, they can't get to you in your house. I'm sure there's a lot of us that are like, yeah, my living relatives could really use that tradition. Uh, I feel you, me too. So Germany, very warm, welcoming, um, but ready. Ready (laughs) at a moment's notice for something to go wrong. Uh, very wary. So that is Germany. And then continuing to hang out here in Europe for a second, we'll move on to Ireland. Now this might be surprising to some, but it really shouldn't be surprising that Ireland has quite a few Halloween traditions. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Halloween really originates from a Celtic celebration in in ancient Ireland. You know, there was a lot of Celtic pagan celebration, which resulted in, you know, modern Halloween as we know it. And so a lot of those traditions are still rooted in that past, which is really interesting. So Ireland is big on bonfires for Halloween. They are where the bonfire for Halloween originates from. This is kind of the inspiration for all these other countries. Uh, And the idea behind the bonfire, you might already know, you might not be shocked to find out, is that a bonfire may ward off evil spirits. It will keep evil spirits away from you. And so there are bonfires all over Ireland on Halloween um, and in the Czech Republic, obviously, and in so many other places, too. Uh, Now, another tradition that Ireland has is Brambach. I think I'm saying it right. Brambach, Brambeck, I'm not sure. Brambach is essentially a fruitcake. It's a very dense fruitcake. I've personally never had fruitcake. And you might be thinking, fruitcake's a Christmas thing, isn't it? Uh, I've heard it traditionally described as a Christmas thing, but this is Brambach. And it's not just regular old fruitcake, but Brambach is a fortune-telling bread. So essentially you bake it, it almost reminds me of king's cake from uh, Mardi Gras because you bake it with with little tokens and trinkets in it and whatever you end up with in your slice of the bread is supposed to tell your fortune for the next year. Uh, So for example if you end up, if you find a small coin in your piece of the bread that means you're going to get married within the next year and it's just these little things that are supposed to predict what your next year is going to be like. Which I think is really interesting. That brings a little bit more of the mysticism into Halloween that we're kind of used to in the West, Uh, you know, kind of the 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 spooky supernatural uh, with the fortune telling, and it brings in baked goods, which I really love that combination. So I appreciate I appreciate the the tasty supernatural. But Brombach is not the only place where you can get a future prediction in regards to Halloween because in Scotland they have so many traditions and rituals for Halloween that are focused on predicting your love life so it's customary if you're a single woman now this is a lot of instructions, so bear with me you peel an apple entirely in one go so one slice of the peel and then you throw it over your left shoulder using your right hand Uh, And don't get that wrong. I don't know why it's your left hand, your right hand over your left shoulder, but it's too specific to be accidental. So please don't mess it up. I don't know what you're going to do to yourself, but you throw it over your shoulder and whatever formation the peel lands in is supposed to indicate the first letter of your soulmate's name. So if I throw the peel behind me and it kind of looks like an A, then it's supposed to then I, you know, it's somebody whose name starts with an A if it's uh, y- you get how letters work. So that is supposed to predict. And then they have another really interesting tradition that almost sounds more Christmas-like to me. They do it around Halloween, so more power to you Scotland. And they take hazelnuts. So let's say you and your partner are at a bonfire because there's a bonfire here again. Or I guess it doesn't have to be a bonfire. This could easily be any t- any type of fire. But you and your partner would take hazelnuts, one of you each, and you would set them next to each other in a fire. And if they burn slowly and quietly next to each other, then that means you guys are going to be together. You'll be happy. Everything will be good. If they start popping and bouncing away from each other and crackling like uh, hazelnuts do, then that means that you guys are going to have contention and fight and break up. Which is really fun. This this seems more like a high-stakes version of uh picking flower petals i'm not sure i think this one might be might be good to do on a case-by-case basis if if you guys are already on the rocks maybe don't give another excuse maybe you don't need any more reasons to fight (laughs) maybe just avoid the hazelnuts but um or it could be a wonderful excuse if you are in a relationship you don't know how to get out of that was terrible. That was awful. Happy Halloween, everyone. So, that's what Europe looks like on Halloween. Let's go to some other parts of the world. So, in Bolivia, they celebrate something called Fiesta de las Niatitas. And it does have the tilde over the end, so make sure you don't forget that. The Fiestas de los Niatitas. Take a deep breath. Ready? You decorate real human skulls. What? I know. But in Bolivia, they decorate real human skulls as a Halloween tradition. They'll put sunglasses on them, hats, jewelry, all kinds of things. So not necessarily a Dia de los Muertos kind of style where you're painting or, you know, you have sugar skulls and things like that. Um, but more dressing them up almost like, or not almost, like very much like they are still... Alive. And this seems like a very common practice because it says that these skulls can be family members um, or people get them just from cemeteries. I'm not sure how that works. I don't know what cemeteries in Bolivia are like, but in America, it would be very hard and really illegal to get skulls from cemeteries. So we don't necessarily do that. Um, but they also get them from medical schools. Now, I don't know how. I don't necessarily know how widespread that is. I don't know if it's like, uh, like if they have, if Bolivians are decorating skulls, like Americans are carving pumpkins, um, or if it's an older tradition, I'm not really sure. What I do know is that in the, in the Western world, there is definitely, you know, especially in America, there is definitely more contention, more hesitation surrounding death. Um, Other parts of the world are very comfortable with death. Um, They're comfortable with interacting with dead loved ones. And I don't even just mean, you know, setting out seats because of this idea that their spirit might be there. I mean physically interacting with the bodies of their dead loved ones. Um, This is something that's really accepted in a lot of other countries in a way that's definitely not in America. We are very sterile. Um, we we are very sanitized when it comes to death, which maybe has influenced some of our Halloween, you know, celebrations because they're so outlandish, you know, the way that we engage with the, the beyond and the supernatural and the macabre is very much done in almost a you know, a cartoonish, outlandish way. And it makes me wonder, maybe that's a maybe a little bit of that discomfortability is peeking out in some of those traditions but the bolivians are very comfortable bolivia is totally comfortable because they have real human skulls that they decorate um i'm hoping they're not locally sourced sorry <laughs> that was terrible i'm so sorry so that is the fiestas de los nyatitas. Um the skulls that they decorate are called Niatitas, which translates to little pug nosed ones uh, which, if you think about a human skull, that nose that is on your face r- as of right now is all cartilage. And so, when you get down to the skull, it is a little bit like a pug nose. Now, Bolivia is not the only place in the world that has a festival. I think many of us know that there is the Dia de los Muertos festival, uh, you know, celebration that takes over three days in Mexico. And I think a lot of us are familiar with those celebrations, uh, especially with the rising popularity of sugar skulls on t-shirts on tattoos on everything in the united states Uh, i think a lot of us are really aware of some of those traditions but they do include you know altars to the dead music masks painting of uh of sugar skulls celebration things like that but the fiestas de los niatitas and the dia de los muertos are not the only two festival type celebrations for halloween because in nigeria they have a very, very extensive festival, and that's called the Odo Festival. The Odo Festival is one of the most interesting to me, I think, on this list. It's actually biannual, so it does not occur every year. It also lasts for months, so a lot of countries will celebrate a period of Halloween. They'll celebrate, um, like, you know, November or October 31st to November 8th. Um, I think Germany celebrates for eight days. Um, there, so there's a lot of multi-day holidays. But in Nigeria, this lasts for months. The The idea behind the Odo Festival is that your passed-on relatives and friends and family come to visit you uh, once every two years. And so that is, so the period that they have come to visit you is the, the Odo Festival is when that happens And so it starts with the first stage, which is the first couple months, uh, which is full of welcome celebrations. And it looks like there's a lot of costume, a lot of music, a lot of dancing involved. And so that those first couple months are the welcoming. And then the interim months, you know, the middle period is for interacting with your dead loved ones who you believe to be present at that time. So that's where I guess you guys get to hang out. It's almost like they come for a visit, like your distant relatives that come for a visit once every couple you know, a couple years, I guess. So those inner months are for interacting with your dead relatives. And then the third stage at the end of Odo Festival is the annual goodbyes. And these are apparently very emotional. um, And and I'm sure that there is a lot of parade. Uh, There's a lot of music and costume involved in this part as well. Um, And it's when you say goodbye to your loved ones, because they're not going to be back for another two years. Now, this is really interesting to me, too, because this is a lot of time and attention to spend on your past loved ones and I would be really interested to see like we kind of talked about with Bolivia the differences in attitudes from you know Americans to Bolivians I'd be interested to see I'd be interested to see the difference in maybe the grieving process or coping with grief or um, you know the the interaction with grief and that difference between an American's experience and a Nigerian's experience because once Even though in in Nigeria, you know, at the end of Odo, you say these sad goodbyes because you're not going to, quote unquote, see your dead loved ones for another two years. In America, we don't necessarily for lack of a better phrase, resurrect our dead. We don't really have dedicated cultural time to grief as a whole, to, to grief as a community. And, you know, this would be an odd thing to call grief because you're like, well, breathe. this is a, a festival, it's a celebration, it's a Halloween thing. And yes, it is, but there that is still, you know, playing into grief in some part. Having all of this time where you're culturally expected to interact with with that loved one or the memory of that loved one and so I'd be really interested to see how those things have evolved in culture and the differences that they've made but that is the Odo Festival it is biannual like I said it goes for months I saw some quotes that said it was six months some people said it was December to August so I'm not necessarily sure on that but it is a significant amount of time now continuing on with this next festival we're gonna head over to China because China has Tang which is ghost festival. And during Tang Chi you set out food and water in front of photos of family members and lanterns to light their soul's way. Um, so this is much like we saw in Austria, except for there is a bit more um, intentionality. I think it, it is maybe something that's a bit more widely celebrated um, because there is a religious component to it. It does have its, this tradition does have its roots in Buddhism. And there are these big shows of lantern lighting, Um, Because it is a firm belief that if you were not buried when you passed, that your soul is supposed to be stuck in a limbo or a purgatory. You can't get to the afterlife. And so the idea behind lighting those lanterns is giving those souls who are never able to find rest because of the lack of that burial. They're supposed to light their way so that they can go to where they need to. And finally get out of limbo so you set out the food and water um so that there is you know something to eat and drink for those you are remembering now in hong kong specifically i've heard that the celebration goes a little bit different you still you know are, are bringing all the to the food the water and everything but i've heard that a lot of times there are big bonfires where you burn those things almost as like an offering but people will bring it's not just food and water either. People will bring photos, they'll bring trinkets, and whatever they feel would bring comfort or peace to the spirits that they're honoring. Um, and they put it in the bonfire, and that is essentially how they send it to the afterlife, to their loved ones. That is Tang Chi in China. That's the ghost festival. And now that we've hopped all over the globe, we've been literally to the other end of the earth. I know you're exhausted at the end of a long trip. I'm exhausted after the end of the long trip. So it's time to pack our bags and get on that long, long flight from Hong Kong all the way back to Detroit. Because we will end this episode in Detroit, Michigan And so a lot of our listeners probably already know about this, but if you don't, because we do have some of you around the world, so uh, happy Halloween, whatever you may be celebrating this coming week. But in Detroit, we have something that has shown up in other places now too, but really originated here called Devil's Night. So Devil's Night is the night before Halloween. It's October 30th, and on Devil's Night, uh, people go, theoretically... People go play pranks. I saw an entry online that said people play harmless pranks on this night. Um, But you know, your definition of harmless is, is subjective. So <laughs> Devil's Night has, has been quite a topic for many years. But yes, people go out and essentially get into mischief. Maybe you, you know, play a prank on some friends. Maybe you, you, or, or some people do more intense things. Unfortunately, it does escalate sometimes into actual crime break-ins, things like that. And so where we're at, Und- there's a common understanding in the area that you don't go out on Devil's Night because who knows what's going on. <laughs> Devil's Night in Detroit is definitely a-, a tradition we are familiar with that doesn't really happen a whole lot of other places. Like I said, some other places are starting um, or-, or it did develop in some other places. Um, whether or not it should have developed jerry's out <laughs> or maybe it's not it's a real the jury's really not out for a lot of people so that is halloween in detroit and then the next day of course we take all of our kids out in the costumes and go trick-or-treating and have parties and maybe go you know to a bonfire tell ghost stories things like that maybe go stand in a graveyard um for whatever reason that is halloween so now that we're all home and unpacked i hope you had a good time i had a good time Uh, Maybe you found new traditions that you want to implement or a new practice you want to try out. Maybe you want to make some brombuck. Maybe you're going to go visit some loved ones. Maybe leave some water out or a lantern or even better, a jack-o'-lantern. Maybe you found new traditions you want to implement in your celebration this year. Or maybe you just learned a couple things you didn't know and will be happy to bring up at whatever Halloween festivities you might be attending virtually or otherwise this year but that is our podcast for the week thanks for joining me thanks for listening in thanks for coming around the world with me have a wonderful halloween and we will see you next week